Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, the podcast where two 30-year-olds guide you through the latest trends, creators, and stories from the TikTok universe. I'm Melissa Rosen. And I'm Dina Greenbaum. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hi, Melissa. Hello, Dina. How are you? I'm great. I actually have some sad news to tell you. What? When you had your bachelorette back in 2018, was it? 2019. Okay. Well, when you had your bachelorette in 2019, I hosted a pregame at my apartment and I put up some ribbons mm-hmm. and streamers. they had some streamers to decorate. And I was like, oh, these just look good. Let me keep up these streamers. It's now 2022. They've been up all these years. Yeah. But I cooked dinner tonight and my fire alarm went off and as i was waving around a towel i knocked the streamers down oh my god i knew that's what you were gonna say as soon as you mentioned my bachelorette because i was in new york recently and i still i'm always in awe that those streamers are still hanging and it's literally just like they're scotch taped to your ceiling (laughs) like so really it is remarkable that they have lasted this long wow, this is a sad day that they've come down. Exactly. Yeah, it's because I almost burnt down my apartment. My fire alarm went off that I had to spring into action and that waving around of the towel just knocked him right down. Wow. All right. Well, the end of an era. And speaking of bachelorettes, I was on a bachelorette this weekend. That was very fun. I went to Puerto Rico and Mm. had a great time. I got some sun got some beach, some pool time, some club time. It was great. Yeah. You guys, I we were getting some videos from the weekend too. You did like a bachelorette Olympics type of thing. You did some synchronized swimming, some sort of beer pong Olympics thing, I think. <laughs> so it all sounded very fun. Yeah. How was your weekend? Mine was lovely too. I went to a flea market and I got like a bookshelf and a rocking chair and a bunch of plants for really cheap. So that was exciting. A bookshelf, a rocking chair and a bunch of plants. That does make you sound like like an 80 year old woman. Yeah. But I'm very happy for you. You're just living out your truth. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes me happy these days. I mean, that's really made me happy for a while, like just getting a good deal on furniture. So it is who I am. I'm embracing it. I'm so proud of you. That's excellent. We have a lot of great trends to talk about today, our 95th episode. Wow. Let's get to them. Our first one is one of my favorite duet-scapades. Can I call them duet-scapades? I don't know. Oh, I love it. Yeah, out. let's call it that now. The duet-scapades. Yeah. Yeah. And you name this very appropriately. It's the owl stitch. <laughs> the user is at Katie Laurel. And visually, all that's happening is she sets her camera up and then she takes a few steps back to show you a fit check, you know, the trend on TikTok, you show people your outfit. But as she takes a few steps back, she accidentally like jams her hip right into her bedpost. And so then you just see her say like, ow, and just fall over to the side. So it's a funny TikTok. It's one of those 
it's funny because it's so spontaneous. You know, it's like an America's Funniest Home Videos type of thing. She just hurts herself and we laugh. But the audio has just taken its own direction on TikTok. One of our favorites comes from at v.prima.donald. And he used another one of the previously trending TikTok trends from Real Houses of New Jersey and fit it in with this audio. Waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. Just wish things would get better. This one's by at Pennington and he does Nelly and Kelly Rowland. No matter what I do. All I think about you. Love that song. That's a pretty perfect blend. This other one is by at JC Leach. He does a spin on the BG. This one is by our favorite band that we discovered through TikTok, the Lawrence Band. As you can see, you could fit many, many songs with this one simple little owl. It's super funny, both visually and the audio. Just, it makes me laugh. Great trend. Simple, classic, wonderful TikTok content. Next up, we have another stitch, and it is the UPS guy. And the visual is this a really hot UPS guy. He says... When she comes out to get her package in a robe and messy bun. And he's basically insinuating that he's super attracted to the girl he's going to give a package to with a robe and a messy bun. So people have been stitching themselves as the girl with the robe and messy bun. And his handle is at Box Chronicles. Yeah, obviously this one is sort of ripe for duets and stitches where people show themselves in what is fairly objectively a not very attractive looking robe and messy bun. One of my favorites comes from at Emily Rose, one, two, three, four, five, six, zero. She posts a picture of an old woman in a bun and a robe, also sort of like licking her lips and winking at the UPS guy. I love it. The hashtag for that one is 95 years young. So it's this 95-year-old woman looking so cute and adorable. This is great. It's fantastic. I love it. I would also be just a complete schlub. I am a complete schlub in a robe and a messy bun, as you know. Yeah, I mean, my I also got this robe years ago when I lived in San Francisco in this basement and I didn't have heat. So I have this robe that is basically just like a huge blanket. Like it's so heavy because I needed it for warmth. So my robe, there's nothing attractive to it. Like I have no body in it. It's like, it's just like a head floating above a huge blanket. That's fantastic. This is very much catered towards our sensibilities. The next trend on TikTok is the villain era. And it all started with the creator 
pads tea. You're probably unknowingly entering your villain era right now. I think for a lot of us chronic people pleasers, our villain era is literally just us asserting our boundaries, you know, expressing and really clearly communicating our needs and prioritizing ourselves often for the first time. And I think what unfortunately happens is that when you're a people pleaser, that isn't often well received by the people around you because it is such a drastic change in your behavior. And folks around you might start to feel like they aren't getting the same you that they used to get out of the relationship and as though their needs aren't being met. I think some people will understand and, and really be happy for you that you're you're doing this for yourself. But I think, yeah, like sometimes it's, and I don't think it's rooted in maliciousness. I do think that sometimes um, a lot of fallouts can happen because of this, because suddenly now there's like a disconnect, right? But someone may be used to, they're not receiving anymore. And then comes in being perceived as a villain. I saw an article by Refinery29 talking about this villain era trend on TikTok. And the way they describe it is, it's not as dark or ominous as the name might suggest, but rather it refers to a shift in a person's priorities as they reject the societal pressure to always play nice. So one thing definitely Padsty's account talks a lot about is not people pleasing so much and moving away from a lot of these anxieties and social norms that especially I think as young women were often taught. So it's a great sort of uplifting, inspiring women's account. And I think a lot of similar accounts like that, that are targeting women like us, you know, our age, age demographic, and really telling us like, it's okay to set boundaries, it's okay to say no. And so, so many people on TikTok within that, that demo have really embraced this. And there's a, a whole slew of videos if you look up the tag, hashtag villain era. There's one account that says, today I told my therapist about my villain era for 2022 and she asked me if it was really a villain era or me just ready to be confident, advocate for myself and prioritize my own self-care and happiness. That's all I've been able to think about. And that creator's Genovian princess. Mm. So yeah, people are taking this to heart. Villain era, it's not as bad as it sounds. I'd like to enter my villain era. Do you think you're in your villain era? I was just thinking, like, I hope I am. <laughs> I hope I'm getting to a place where I'm able to set more boundaries. I definitely think, I said this when I was in New York too, I feel like I'm not as charming as I once was, which might be just me getting into my villain arrow because I feel like I'm just not I don't know I feel like I'm not as fun to be around I don't have as much to say like I go out with people I run out of things to say after a while I disagree you, I disagree I know, you'll be nice to me and say that's not the case but that's definitely not the case <laughs> but but I understand how you feel. I think because of the pandemic, we missed two years of socializing and it's just so exhausting to speak to people now because we're just not used to this amount of social interaction. So I get it. I think it's a, like a pandemic thing, not uh, you not being as charming as you once were. Also, you are very fun to be around. We had a great time when you were in New York. So it's all that is all untrue. Thank you. You always uplift me, my friend. I mean, I don't know. I hope I hope we are entering our villain era. I hope for so too. our own self-confidence. Exactly. I, I will say, yeah, I think during your 30s, you do just stop giving a fuck what other people yeah. think. 
that's I definitely enjoy that more yeah, than same. being in my 20s when I did care what people think. But yeah, I think that's always something we can work on. Agreed. I like this trend. So, so many trends on TikTok have given me this perspective where it's like things I thought were bad or they've helped me question things that I always thought I had to do or I should do. A lo- seeing people on TikTok live differently and talk about it and call it out has been really inspiring and really refreshing. So I like this trend. Yeah. And I love that you could just put a fun name to it too, because it doesn't, right. I like when people make things less serious. It's like when you say, I'm so setting true. boundaries, but instead you say, I'm living my villain era. Like it's so much more fun. So it totally. makes you want to like embrace it even more. So that's why I love TikTok. You hit the nail on the head. 100%. I love that. So we move from the villain era to something else that's happening now, which is equally as fantastic to the coastal grandma era. Melissa, you should explain this one. I mean, it's essentially the Nancy Myers aesthetic, which makes sense because we actually saw on Instagram comments by Celeb posted There's a a headline, another headline from Refinery29 saying, Coastal Grandma is the latest escapist TikTok aesthetic. Here's how to dress the part. And Nancy Myers comments, This article says the Coastal Grandmother aesthetic has garnered over 1 billion views on TikTok. Is that a typo? That's a lot of views for a pair of khaki pants, a gavik sweater, and a bucket hat. What do you think at Diane Keaton? So I love like Diane Keaton is definitely the quintessential coastal grandma. You know, they've got a picture of her with her bucket hat and her linen, white linen set on. And even Anne Hathaway commented on this too, saying like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this era my whole life. Like this is very much her aesthetic. So I love it. I think it's, again, like just a fun way to describe something that maybe in the past you'd be like, oh God, I look like a grandma. But now you're like, look at me thriving. I look like a grandma, you know, it's so fun. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And Diane Keaton responded with this like amazing video about it and all the like celebs are just commenting back and forth. So now they're happy with this term that's been coined. And we should credit user at Lex Nicoletta for coining the term coastal grandmother and explaining it. What is coastal grandmother, you ask? It's a term that I coined for this aesthetic. If you love Nancy Meyer's movie, Coastal Vibes, recipes and cooking, find a garden, cozy interiors, and more, there's a good chance you might be a coastal grandmother. And no, you don't have to be a grandmother to be a coastal grandmother. It's for anyone and everyone. I even made this playlist on Spotify so you can have the coastal grand ambiance with you everywhere you go. Any of this sounds like you. Follow along and we'll grand together. This, I feel like this week is very eclectic trends on TikTok. We have the villain era, coastal grandma aesthetic era, and now all this Utah soda shop stuff is coming up, which is just basically, I feel like Mormons can't drink, so they're obsessed with their sodies, as they call them. And I had been seeing this on TikTok, like people say that people in Utah are putting milk in their soda. But now when you really like you take away the layers and then I saw this great TikTok by at Thirst Drinks, which is a soda shop in Utah. She explains what sodies actually are and what these stores sell. 
and I want a sodi now. Like I'd go to Utah for a sodi. Let's listen in. Okay, there have recently been a lot of questions about Utah soda shops. This is Thirst. We are one of those soda shops and I'm gonna teach you all about it. You start with all your typical sodas and then you add syrup flavor. You got the typical coconut or vanilla. They come sugar-free sometimes. There are like some fruity flavors like mango and pomegranate. You can add fresh limes, fresh lemons, fresh oranges. We also have frozen fruit, like frozen diced strawberries and mangoes and mixed berries. And then what you're all really curious about, it's not milk. Um, you can add coconut cream or vanilla cream, or you can add half and half to your soda. Um, it's not milk and Coke, it's not gross. You add like a little bit. Some really good example drinks. The beginner is always the Diet Coke with coconut and lime. If you're a little more advanced, you go lime and coconut cream. That one's really good. Or our most popular is Dr. Pepper with raspberry puree. And then you add coconut cream to it. It's amazing. A lot of other um, Utah soda shops have cookies with their drinks as well. We have fresh baked pretzel bites and freshly fried beignets. We also have cookies. Let's go check those out. The Dr. Pepper raspberry concoction, like that's right up my alley. I mean, I would put vodka in it, obviously, <laughs> but like, this looks great. This looks great. I am not in the least bit surprised that you want in on Utah Sodi culture. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, this like you already like try to drink these type of drinks and all your friends are like, ew, Dina, gross. If you actually were in a place where they like encouraged it and it was an option, you'd be just in your own little slice of Sodi heaven. I don't know. I At first I was just like, ew, like I don't really drink soda anyway. So I was like, what is going on in Utah? And it's like, yeah, you get it because, it, you know, and to sidebar here, this is interesting because we actually spoke about this at Passover when I was at Dina's house. Her dad brought up how a lot of Orthodox Jews have these sort of like loopholes, like they're not supposed to do certain things during Shabbat, you know, really intense as far as like, you can't put on a light in your house. You're not allowed to use a stove or, you know, all these things, but they found ways around it to, so that they can actually function in the modern world. And so we were talking about like, well, at what point does it become sort of futile then? Like, are you even really following that law if you're looking at for all these ways around it? Okay. And I feel very similarly now coming back to what we're talking about. I feel similarly about the Utah soda shops. Like, this is worse for you than coffee. Like if their whole thing is you can't drink coffee, like drinking just so much sugar and cream and processed stuff, like what? Like what's the point here? It just feels like a very unnecessary thing to like say coffee's not good, but we'll substitute it with this like absolutely insane sugary, not healthy drink. Okay, I think your points are valid, but you could also get insane sugary drinks that like from anywhere, even if it's not sody. So like, I don't know, you got you have your vices. So like, leave, leave them alone. (laughs) (laughs) 
leave her alone. No, I like, yeah, okay, whatever. Everybody can do whatever they want, but I'm just pointing out the sort of hypocrisy of it that, like, yes, this is a vice, but I think the whole idea of Mormons cutting things out is because they don't want any vices. That's their whole thing, is we're cutting out all vices, but this is this is pretty clearly a vice. So anyway. <laughs> I wonder if Bloomberg would if he became mayor in Utah, he'd probably end all of the Sodi craze because he ended the big gulp. He oh ended God. the supersize, which, you know, when I was younger, when I went to McDonald's, I get a supersize orange soda, supersize oh fries, which is like, yeah, a 10 year old shouldn't be drinking it's not that. Healthy. No, yeah. It's not healthy. Yeah. But I do, I see your side. Yeah, it's it, it does seem like a loophole. I think you're right. But also, like, everyone needs their vices. This seems so fun, and I would enjoy it. So I like I like it. I like the idea of it. Yeah, I just think, I, I feel like this trend has put me on the Mormon side of TikTok, and, like, mm. I don't want to be there. <laughs> and so that's why I really keep taking issues with it, because there have been a lot of trends that deal with, like, Utah and Mormons, and then it becomes on everybody's for you page and everyone's like why the hell am I on Mormon TikTok so it's partly like yeah I was like this isn't I wouldn't consider this like a Utah thing so much as like a Mormon thing which yeah that means it's in Utah but yeah I don't know all this said the drinks do look pretty good and I would try one if I was you would try one I know you would also they're putting real fruit in those drinks so you could argue that (laughs) people are getting nutritional value from these drinks but you could argue that about everything you know what they say intuitive eating which is mine and Melissa's favorite joke that if we were intuitive eating we'd be eating like ice cream all day like does it make sense oh my god I would literally never stop eating macaroni and cheese exactly so what do what do we know about diets no we know nothing no, what do we know about I'm, diets, religion? No, vices, I don't. I, you know, literally, to speak on it. Nobody take anything I say seriously. This is the podcast or me. TikTok. Exactly. <laughs> we just this is on our for you page. I'm actually. I feel like most. I'm not getting served a bunch of Mormon stuff, but like just the Sodi stuff. So I'm happy with the Sodi stuff. I've gotten like so much Mormon talk over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I got a lot of it. Moving on, this is kind of old now because Coachella was like a week or two ago, but there was this whole scandal with Revolve So I kept seeing videos of like, oh my God, the influencers are like passing out in the heat because Revolve Fest is so unorganized. I did not understand what the fuck Revolve Fest was. Like, I don't understand Revolve as, like, a concept or a brand besides, like, influencers, like, going on trips and modeling clothes. And I was like, what does this have to do with Coachella? Is it the same thing? Is it different? So I did a deep dive on this side of TikTok. I was was real into this. And we'll start off with a video by at Ruby, 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 Ruby. Good job. But I did want to get to the question of what's the difference between Coachella, sorry, my voice is obviously still not bad, and Revolve Fest. So to begin, Revolve Fest and Coachella 
are not competitors. Um, Revolve is not putting on this festival in any way to compete with Coachella. If anything, it's to take advantage of its market and its namesake and like how many people it brings to one location. Um, what people don't realize about Coachella is that like, well, it is all day technically, like the top performers are at night. So like a lot of the time people don't even go to the festival during the day. Um, they like chill at home at their hotel or whatnot. So Revolve puts on this festival that has bigger names throughout the day and like ends by like eight o'clock. So you can like enjoy Revolve Fest and then also still be able to go to Coachella. The other thing is that most people, I'm not sure about the exact logistics of this, but I know for a fact that Revolve Fest is invite only. Not just anyone can buy tickets. It's not like an open thing the way Coachella is. You do need to be invited. Um, everyone I was with was invited and was given free tickets, free accommodations, everything in exchange for posting and content. Um, and then I know people who were invited and just given passes to come to the event. And then I also, I feel like I saw on TikTok that people were reached out to with the opportunity to purchase tickets or the opportunity to like spend X dollars on, that's not dollars on clothes and then they're able to come. So in any form, it's not just a free for all. Like you have to be invited to come. And again, like the reason Revolve does this is because Everything about Coachella has been about Revolve. I'm sure everyone's for you page is all about Revolve and it's all this crazy marketing and like their clothes so go and like align with like the Coachella fashion. So they want everyone purchasing from Revolve and it's like they want the Coachella girlies in these outfits that are set, setting the trends through the spring and summer and they want those looks to be from Revolve so people purchase their clothes from Revolve. So it's a marketing initiative and it works. I mean, I saw like a TikTok or something I'm gonna give you guys saw too about how Q2, which is April, May, and June, yeah, is their largest spike in sales, which is insane because most fashion companies is in Q4. So she was a plus one to this Revolve Festival. So had like a great little outside look, gained like a ton of followers during this, like kind of documenting the whole thing. And she just explained it really well for someone like me who I've never been to Coachella and I've, I Revolve, like fashion isn't my thing. Now I feel like, oh, okay, cool. Like I actually know what this is about. I'm not an outsider now instead of just like seeing these beautiful Instagram photos. Same. Yeah, I was happy for that little explainer because I kept seeing some weird things that out of context, I just was like, what, who, what, why are yeah. these people beefing? What are they talking about? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, this was a good introduction. And then there was another one that was helpful by at Hannah Kosh. And she essentially just read out a bunch of tweets to describe what was happening there. Do you guys want to hear about Revolve Festival from today? It was insane, but these tweets just sum it up and it's perfect. Breaking. Sources on the ground telling us that there is apparently drama going down at the Revolve Festival that sinks to the level of Fire Festival. Influencers stranded in the dirt with no water under the hot sun for hours waiting for buses. Waiting for buses that were coming to bring them to the actual festival. Alleged bites screaming, everyone is dizzy. Only in LA moment, Coachella edition, security had crowds of influencers yelling how important they were and why they deserved the first seat. Security on the ground said, I don't know who the fuck these people are. I don't 
know who's actually important or who is lying or if any of them are important. Revision. I don't know who's actually important and who's lying or if any of them are even important. You guys, it was all of that and more. People were raiding the buses. The bus drivers refused to come back. I saw three people pass out in line myself. Wild. It basically seems like whatever this Revolve Festival was, it was very poorly organized. People were comparing it to Fire Festival. And there was a funny response actually on TikTok by at Webbyfoot talking about how they should have had a sorority chair manage the event because she spoke about how in her sorority they always had to get a bunch of somewhat egotistical 20-somethings who were drunk into a bus and go somewhere. I'm just going to start with saying I know Greek life is problematic and needs radical reform, but um, I'm just going to say that if whoever planned Revolve Fest had been in a sorority and was on exec, perhaps as event chairman or risk management chair, that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened, especially if they went to a big school. Like my chapter, I was not risk management or event, but I was on exec and I helped. And managing 400 girls plus their dates and they, some who are of age may have been drinking, getting them on buses. Yeah, better than that. That's, that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. <laughs> That reminded me of my past birthday when I got a party bus to get everyone from Margaritaville Times Square to Medieval Times. And then post-Medieval Times, everyone was very drunk, including myself, and we had to get back from New Jersey to Manhattan. And I was not leaving any man behind, so I counted those people on the bus. I made sure everyone got on. It was smooth, but... Exactly. Like, you know, I'm in production. This is what I do. I just coordinate things. You gotta you gotta hire people who who, who know what they're doing. Yeah, it's true. I, I I mean, who knows what was going on with their event staff, but unfortunately they may have just had too many people who were participating in the event, would be my thought, rather than actually running the event. It's like mm-hmm. any any you know, that's sort of what happens is when you actually start working in production you're no longer a fangirl, right? You're just like, I don't care what movie stars are on on this set. I don't care what's going on. We got a job to do. I'm going to do it. You have to be like that in order to get it done. My guess would be that that's what went wrong here is that they probably hired a bunch of people probably for low pay, but we'll Mm. talk. But we'll go back to the villain era. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they probably were able to hire, you know, a bunch of young people who were just excited to be at the festival and maybe didn't have so much experience just getting stuff done. Yeah. And then I started seeing videos from a user at the Bunny Barbie. And she is an influencer. I had, she's the type of influencer who like never comes up on my For You page because she's like super into fashion. And like very put together and, you know, that's just like not not what I'm served. I'm a schlub who's just no. like care less about fashion. No. Uh, so, but because of the, I was into this Revolve Fest, she was coming up on my For You page. She's great, you know. She was documenting the Revolve Fest while she was there. Let's talk about Revolve Festival. So Cody and I were one of the first 30 to 50 people there. Um, We were told we had VIP wristbands, which I guess mean nothing. I guess there was no VIP. I'm not sure. 
We waited in line for about two hours to get on the bus. In the heat. We were on the second bus that got in, not the first one. We were on the second bus, so we were within the first, what, how and many it hours? And it wasn't crazy bus? that early, like, at It all. wasn't that crazy. Um, it was hot, and yeah. we waited in line for two hours, but, and there was, whatever. We got there. The event was great. It started getting really busy around 4 o'clock. I called my nanny and was like, you need to come pick us up because it's, I'm not into concerts. I don't like festivals. It was we just went for like crazy. pretty pictures, whatever. We did not see when we got off the bus because they don't let you um, drive up and out. So when we got off the bus, we were almost trampled by people. I was a little like nervous. hiding behind a barrier. There people was like a barrier, and we were like, we moved over, and I was like, we are out of here. People and, like, were rushing the bus. It was like really actually scary. And then we left, and that was it. But we did not. We did not cut in line. I never we told not, anyone. We how guys, are you put us on the bus? How embarrassing to say, do you know who we are? God, I would never, could never be me. So or Ben, like ever. We will be there in about an hour, so we'll update you. So Bunny Barbie puts out this video, and it was sort of in response to somebody saying like, oh, I bet it was Bunny Barbie who was saying, I need to get in. I'm so important. So she was responding to that already, sort of defending herself. And then Bethany Frankel, who, I mean, I think she's been a godsend. Like, I love Bethany. I'm a big fan of her TikTok. She posts this funny video talking about Coachella, as she calls Douchella. Crying over Douchella and the underprivileged influencers. It's a cause near and dear to my heart. They're not getting what they need. Uh, I have a $150 million relief effort in Poland, Hungary, and Ukraine, but I mean, maybe we can pull some resources for the underprivileged influencers. My favorite is them saying, oh my God, it's, it's terrible. We were being trampled and we couldn't get on the bus. And it was just, it was horrible. And we, we definitely were not those people that said, do you know who we are? We definitely were not. And I'm like, who are you? And, um, but anyway, we're gonna we have our fit check and we're snatched and we're on our way back and we'll let you know how it goes today. Yay! Devolve Festival. I didn't know, but then in response to Bethany's take, Bunny Barbie responds, and apparently there is beef there. Um, she really goes into it. I I mean, again, yeah, I have no idea who Bunny Barbie was before this. I thought their videos were completely separate. You know, whatever, Bunny's making her video about defending herself, Bethany's her own take on Coachella, but it seems like they were directed at each other. And so then Bunny had a response to this. I'm saying, oh my God, it was terrible. We were being trampled. I mean, oh, I know, because human rights and being trampled and pushed over is like, oh my God, we should not complain about that. But why don't we talk about how you hindered my income for two years and you had me under a contract that I could not start a YouTube, that I could not start a podcast because you needed more money from my reality show. This was great that the bunny Barbie stitched it. So I don't, I don't see that Bethany responded back, but like the point is, is I get Bethany's point that there's a huge ass crisis is going on. Yeah. But bad bunny's point is also that like, she wasn't actually the one to be like, I'm need this bus or I need this special transportation. People are just putting that on her. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I'm defending bad bunny, but 
It's not bad bunny. I'm the bunny Barbie. The beef. I'm here for the beef. You know, like I miss Bethany on Real Housewives. I'm glad she's beefing with TikTok personalities now. Well, Bunny Barbie states in that video, like, I think she used to work for Bethany. Right, it seems like there's right. some something where she's alluding that Bethany screwed her out of a contract or yeah. something. So, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know how they were related. It feels like we've just scratched the surface here. Yeah. There's more beef to be had. Speaking about TikTok beef and drama and creators, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Tinks, uh, who's this huge creator on TikTok. I think everyone knows who Tinks is at this point. And she has been in the spotlight in a very bad way this week because of some old tweets that's resurfaced. Basically, there are a bunch of old tweets that make fun of fat people. One tweet from her from like 2012 or something said, Kim Kardashian is so fat. I don't know what to do with myself. Hashtag oops. So she's just calling Kim Kardashian fat. She calls a bunch of other people fat. Uh, the fact though that I've, I've just Googled this and like she apologized this week and it's made like every news outlet like page six. It shows she is really big. Like she just blew up and it's all because of TikTok. And now she's at the point where she's getting canceled. I feel like there's a trajectory for all of these stars that even like, you know, Kevin Hart, when you get to a certain level, you're going to dig back. And yes, I think it is everyone saying she's not really representing like who she is. And I agree with that. And there are other creators out there who like aren't going to get canceled because they're actually who they say they are. But it's just really interesting to see this like journey of stardom to now being just beat down and canceled. And it's been like hyper sped up too, because it's like we've literally seen Tinks go from like becoming famous to reaching her peak and now like getting canceled. So it's like we've seen all this happen over the course of like a year, a year. yeah years, you know like it's it's all just happening on a super small crazy level with tiktok fame where somebody can just become super famous like actually overnight with viral videos yeah that is hmm i feel like at this point if i were to ever become famous i would like the first thing i would do would be like hey there's like some shitty things I said as a teenager that you can probably find yeah. on my social media. Like I am so not that person anymore. And like nobody should be who they were 10 years ago. Like we should all be changing and learning. I already po apologize in advance for any old shit you might dig up on me. Please judge me on like my current and my future things. I don't know. Like, yeah, how do you get ahead of shit, shit like this? Like, I don't know. That was precisely like her apology was <laughs> yeah. basically exactly what you said. Like, don't judge me. I was dumb and I yeah. changed. And yeah, I think what people are upset about is that she also retweeted and liked a bunch of like pretty conservative things. And she has this kind of view where she's pretty liberal and things. And people are like, what are you doing? She had some like xenophobic tweets in there, like some... COVID fake oh. stuff and she's a, now addressed all this in her 
stories. Yeah. Okay. So I think the point is like you can change and like, yeah, we all did dumb shit and said dumb shit, but then don't pretend to be someone you're not. And I don't think she's canceled actually. I take that I take that back. I think she's gonna be just fine. <laughs> all right. Well, good. I mean, yeah, look, it's it's all communications, right? If somebody can like write up a good enough apology things are fine or just be like oh go look over there like johnny depp somebody shit on a bed like (laughs) you know don't pay attention to me exactly well we'll be following up but i think she'll be fine the last order of business we have this week for our creator spotlight we have the creator gatesy talk and his name is josh gates he does these little intercuts with old footage from game shows. There's one that's Family Feud that is absolutely hysterical. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Dog. Dog. Cat. Bat. Rat. Ape. Fly. Bee. Pig. Hog. Hen. Eel. Ant. Frog. Unbelievable. Something found in the refrigerator. Milk. Milk. A brand of gasoline. Shell. Mobile. Regular. Oh, sweet Jesus. Something that comes with a summer storm. Rain. Snow. Sounds right. All right, we're not out of the woods yet. Let's see what your brother can do. I got good news and bad news. It's all bad news. Give me the bad news first. The bad news is your brother thinks it snows in the summer and is pretty dicey on three-letter words. Bring him back. Here we go. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Dog, cat, just say something normal. Alligator. (laughs) What? What? This account had me cracking up. I don't know how he finds these clips, but they're all hilarious. And then his inner cuts with them make them even funnier. And yeah, Dina, I feel like this is right up your alley. You love watching game shows. So makes sense. This, This made its way to your For You page. Yeah, as a kid, I would watch all the old game shows on Game Show Network. And one of my favorite things to do on YouTube back in the day was just watch bloopers of game shows. So his comedic timing interspersed with these actual game show clips is exactly right up my alley. Awesome. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Thank you all again for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't yet. And you can always check out all the videos we mentioned on our blog at tooldfortiktok.com. And that's the number two and the number four. You can also find us on Instagram at the same handle, tooldfortiktokpod, and on TikTok. Thanks for listening, everyone.